you're listening to The Charmographer. music-loving podcast for music-loving people where we take every single album by a particular artist and we rank it all from worst to first. It's a thing that we do and we haven't done it for close to a year because let me tell you a short little story, guys. When we started this fun little podcast of music ranking fun with our friends, uh, we were like, hey, we're going to do 15 artists a season because we weren't thinking this would be like a thing that would last into a season four. But after season three, when you record a main cast and a happy hour mini-sode and sometimes you split them up, we had over 100 episodes done, which blows my freaking mind. So we took a break. It was needed. And now that we're coming back, we're not going to be that ambitious and do 15 artist seasons anymore. They're going to be like 10 artist seasons. Chill, laid back, fun. But most importantly, we're starting out with a very small, weird mini season. Season four is our five favorite niche weird artists, our concepts, our experiments. We're so excited about it. And we are so excited to launch with an artist that is basically the original mass singer. It is someone who is just so unique and distinct and is pull pushing synth music into weird, new, visual, crazy directions. That right, guys, this week we are talking about the one, the only, the artist who originally went viral on YouTube in Sweden, so she's basically the synth pop version of Shane Dawson. That's right, guys, we're talking about I am a ma, who am I? Uh, Yona Lee, if you're nasty. So for those keeping track, Yona Lee, she started out as a singer-songwriter, kind of a Sheryl Crow type in uh, the late, early 2000s of, uh, you know, just like, you know, coffee shop kind of stuff. She uh, put stuff on MySpace in 2008. The artist at Hardcore kind of was like, hey, you're getting really interesting and produced some songs for her. She put out two albums under that thing, but it really wasn't working out. She wasn't like, I don't have a Swedish sales chart numbers right in front of me, but I don't think she did especially well. She was on TV and things. But it was like regional. She wasn't breaking out, despite the fact that all of her stuff was in English language. So then suddenly in late 2009, weird videos started appearing online under the name I Am, Am I, Who Am I? Cryptic, weird, bizarre, David Lynchian imagery, limbs on trees, progressive weird music. People were like, oh my god, is this Nine Inch Nails? Is this Lady Gaga's new project? Even Trent Reznor, who's not really known for being on Twitter, went on Twitter's like, guys, this isn't me. This isn't me. I don't know who it is. They're doing great, but it isn't me, basically. And then it was revealed to be Yona Lee. And although the mystery was gone, people figured out who it was. She went on to keep recording, and she's touring, and she has a massive fan base right now. We are so excited to talk about it. And who's going to be talking about it? Let me tell you guys, despite many contract negotiations, yes, I am back. That's right. First off, uh, there's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Evan Sadi. You might know me as the interview's editor of Pop Matters and a writer for a bunch of other places. But I hope at the end of the day, in season four, you know me as the host of this podcast because I love this podcast. If there's anything you should know about this podcast, it's the person sitting next to me, the Yona Lee to my uh, Klaus Bjorland. That's right. <laughs> The one. Did you take a second? You were like, "What's his name?" Exactly. I was trying to think of how to pronounce Yorkland. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's right, guys. You know him. You love him. It's Terrell O'Reilly. Welcome back, baby. Thanks, baby. I'm so excited. I'm. I, this is an artist. I mean, this was one of the first things I feel like we like really bonded over mm -hmm. um, like seven years ago now. Yeah. So I'm just so excited that we're finally able to bring her 
to the podcast yeah. and see how it goes. And it's crazy because so, so many people, after we've done over 100 episodes, a lot of people will listen to artists that, like, I don't know this artist, but, like, I like the format of the show. So people are just like, hey, thanks for introducing me to White Stripes or other things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, really cool things happen. And so, honestly... Who did we introduce to White Stripes? Bill O'Reilly. That's <laughs> what he stripes. said. That's yeah. what he said. That's okay. Exactly. But the biggest thing is that uh, we, if, if we have any modicum of influence, we want to use it to shine artists that we really care about. And Yona is absolutely one of them. And that's part of the reason why we have a guest in studio who is the Yona super fan. I don't want to say anything, but it, for some goddamn reason, the two times we've seen her live, she was there and we didn't run into her. <laughs> I don't know fucking why or how. But more importantly, she's kind of a celebrity because she did submit her photo to be featured in the I Am Blue concert so she can actually be seen during the performance of play on there which is kind of amazing she's on instagram as that wondering woman that's right guys it is jill meyer in studio jill how you doing i'm doing well thank you i'm so excited to be here i love yona and so uh i'm ready to dig in i remember we were at some i think it was uh, a former guest on the podcast dave coop we were at his birthday party one time and i think we were just making you like small talk and just like you know what kind of music are you into she's like Oh, you probably haven't heard of it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, go ahead and try me. And then I think you said, I am, am I, who am I? Yeah. And then I immediately was like, Taryn, Taryn, get over here right now. <laughs> Which I, that blew my mind because anytime I say that, everybody's always like, what? Mm-hmm. But like, come mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't believe that I found like, in. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. We're like not even five minutes into the season and the best joke already happened. I'm so upset. Uh, but um, how did you get introduced to her? Um, well, I've been accused of wandering YouTube at like 3 a.m. randomly, and so mm. this is the stuff I do, apparently. Yeah. And so I was just browsing. I don't even remember what I was looking at. I don't know if I was... Um, listening to like Lady Tron or something yeah. and somehow went down the rabbit hole and I I saw play. Play was the first introduction for me. I think it was I was a little late to the game. It was probably 2011 maybe, 2012 okay. or something when I had like saw the video of it. That dragged me in instantly. I it was just like I don't know. It was everything. It was the attitude that she had when uh-huh. she was dan- like mm-hmm. I, I, all of it. it, all of it. The it Yeti was, hooker realness. Yes, Yeti exactly. hooker realness. I mean, <laughs> Ken is an incredible like visual album. It, it's insane. Yes. But for me, even my favorite visuals are play. Like, yeah. Because it's yes. just like the shuddering oh, and the Yeti and, just, and the slapping of the arms. Like, it's yeah. so effective. It's so effective. And it's just, it, it has so much swagger to it. And yeah. that's what really drew me in a lot. And that first moment of that, like, boom, boom. Yeah. That every time, mm-hmm. every time it gets me. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, I just remember, uh, I mean, I remember hearing about the controversy of like, who is it and online, so they're just trying to figure it out. We'll get into that in the Happier Mini Sub, guys, don't you worry. I just remember uh, after, the, the, I remember hearing about her, but when I saw the video for Goods, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, oh, this shit's catchy as fuck. Yes. This is awesome. And I did an article for Pop Matters at the time, which was the secret song of the summer. Uh, and I found out later because we met uh, Yona Lee uh, before her most recent show, she apparently saw that article 
article and printed it out, which oh is just God. like the sweetest thing. No so, way. by the way, if you're listening, hi, Yona. Hope it's all good. <laughs> uh, anyway, but long story short, we're going to rank the albums of Yona Lee slash I am a Mike, who am I? The first person with three monikers that we're going to be doing, which I'm really stoked yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. And although she has acoustic EPs and she has the uh, With War or whatever that one EP is, mm-hmm. like, we're just going to be talking about her albums, and thankfully, it's pretty concise. Outside of a couple live albums, we have seven straight up discs, and we are talking about her original Jonah Lee phase, which includes 10 Pieces, 10 Bruises from 2007, her much bright and popular This Is Jonah Lee from 2009, then there is her switch to I Am Am I Who Am I with Kin, the studio album, her debut, which came out in 2012, Bounty, which was all of the preview songs beforehand that came out later in 2013, there is the Aquatic Blue, which came out in 2014, then there was her other shift to, I'm a solo artist now, but I'm kind of combining myself together as I-O-N-N-A, Yonali, which is uh, Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten in 2018, and the much brighter and fizzier uh, Remember the Future from 2019. So, seven albums, pretty straightforward. I don't think we're going to have any disagreements in terms of what we're ranking, which is great. So, in that case, we have seven albums, seven slots. Special guest Jill Meyer, famous for her appearance on the concert in Blue. Uh, seven albums. We're just going to throw it out there on the floor. We're going to have a friendly debate. I'm open to thoughts and opinions, except for when I'm not. Uh, guys, I gotta ask, what would you nominate as the worst Yona Lee album? Oh, man, it's Hard to say worse. Right, I feel I so bad so about much. saying that. I know that's really it's hard because it but... doesn't feel like there are songs that are like have some certain songs or albums that are not as interesting. But right. she doesn't make like bad music. It's not no. like she's trying to make a club track like Brandon on the floor yeah. or something. You know, yeah. so <laughs> mm-hmm. that's just what I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, are we are we consider? Well, okay, so I. <laughs> right, so she was very conflicted. Spot number very seven. Conflicted. You're the least just nominated. We'll talk about it. I'd say um, let's let's just do uh, this is Yona Lee. I'll, I'll put that one there. Interesting, but it's only because I don't know if I can like yeah, explain no, now. Yes, but no. it's it's only because like for me it was pretty standard kind of folk pop music and it was lovely don't get me wrong it's perfect for a day like today where you've got you know, rain, rain outside. on the window yeah. pane kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah and it was it's lovely and beautiful her voice is just as as pretty as it always is <laughs> yeah um but it, it didn't like i don't know it didn't dig as deeply into my creative side and my soul as mm-hmm. the rest do the others are just wild and like what's inside my brain so that's okay. why I put down there yeah well I will say I am pleasantly surprised by that too yeah. because I for me at the end of the day it's gonna be one of the first two albums is in the lower rungs mm-hmm. I feel like it just has to be because the biggest thing is that while I love her as a songwriter she just didn't find her true artistic voice yeah. but the thing that surprises me is that I find there for me personally there are more to- takeaways on This Is Yona Lee mm-hmm. than there is on 10 Pieces 10 Bruises I will say that This Is Yona Lee sounds more like she has more of a band sound mm-hmm. and it is mm-hmm. more polished yeah and depending on the day sometimes that works more for me and sometimes I kind of like the unpolished sounds of you hearing you know little noises Wreck, in the background yeah. or something Studio. Like yeah. yeah exactly Shuffle, yeah mm-hmm. uh, that's I mean that's interesting for me uh, the biggest thing for me when I listen to 10 pieces tempers is at the start of our research week going into this and even today there are flat out just goddamn songs I don't remember like yeah, oh, here's sure. the low time like those things still strike me uh, I'd say probably the biggest songs for 10 pieces for me are like dried out eyes that one is like a pretty 
pretty nice uh, folk pop melody. Taryn and I disagree. It's, I mean, it's fine. Dried Out Eyes, it's just really obvious to me. And mm. I think that's sort of the problem with the first two albums, but even more the problem with Ten Pieces, in my opinion. Mm. It's just, just like, nothing happens that I'm surprised by. Right. In the entire album. Um, like, I, I don't I dislike all of it. Like, I think Closer is a really nice ballad. I think, the like, the opening track, Ordinary Eye, is, like, you know, perfectly nice. <laughs> but it just, like... Because uh, I, I remember, I think it's Dried Out Eyes and Autumn Song are, like, the same chord structure in the same key. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which, like, do you know when you... Uh, and they're only they're only two songs apart. Like yeah, yeah. when you pull something like uh, not not pull something, but you yeah. get what I mean. When yeah. when you there are like noticeable patterns like that, and mm-hmm. I couldn't sing the melody of either of them to you right now. Like that's not. I wrote this song for you. It's about do, you. Do, do. Oh, exactly. Actually, Whatever, sorry. <laughs> that's how much I get. But that's, I mean, that's that how exactly. you want to remember it. Like, yeah. that's like one of the more memorable quote-unquote interesting songs on there yeah. and it still is like and the thing is I even feel like Yona like she doesn't play and bring out any no, of the stuff and no, no she things. doesn't well how old was she when she made these I feel she like, like a, kind of a she's teen like 38 like now yeah. which means so she, she was, was in like her... well she left for London she was, she was 20 like 17 and yeah, yeah so this is I mean, this is young, youthful stuff. You can tell that right. it's it's like where you are in your life at mm-hmm. the, that point in time and and it's it's the thing of finding, I think, what works for radio and then following that kind of standard structure. Right. And and that's why neither of the albums really strike me too much. So yeah. I, I don't... I Maybe I agree with you. Maybe Ten Pieces does belong as number seven. Number seven, right. Because yeah. then the only other one for me is uh, This Is Yona Lee. I actually have takeaways on this one yeah. here. Like uh, Lake Charmaine. Like, just that... Okay. It's a simple thing that... It's like it's just so simple, but it's just like it still sticks with me, and it's just this lovely traveling road ballad. Uh, My high, I love uh, quite I a bit. Just gonna, yeah, yeah, I do enjoy that one. You know, I like the little rockier side to, mm-hmm. to this yeah. one. Yeah, that's um, like I think there was me is a little more like bitter, which yes, is sort of like yeah. because I feel like what's the word I'm looking for? Not drama, but like sort of just oh, like the something. the sinister side of her yeah, is I'm, what yes. Is, yeah. is what makes um, like Canaan Bounty so fascinating. Yes. And so I think that's that's sort of why I like um, This Is Yana Lee a little more just because you, you can start see. to see. I, yeah, I would agree with that. I remember watching when I was digging into like who this person is, uh-huh. you know, um, when I after I saw a play and I stumbled across these and I was just kind of like, what? This doesn't this make sense be, right. to me. It's not the same person. But then you do, if you go back and you listen again to This Is Yona Lee, I think you do find those little mm-hmm. darker moments where you're just, oh, I, I see how you kind of went down that path. And, yeah. She's just so much more confident on this yes. album altogether. Yeah. And I feel like yeah, the full true. band sound, uh, and of course, uh, Klaus still involved. He's involved mm-hmm. in every single album aside from every, Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten. He's got mm-hmm. some songwriting credits here and there, but like for the most part, he's the producer for all of it, which mm-hmm. is amazing. It really is. The mm-hmm. fact that he was able to just go in the directions that he is. I'm yeah. Right. I mean, I love that. Because 
You generally, when you see an artistic shift that big, it's because they were like, this isn't working. They fired their producer. They found someone else. They found new management. And then they're like, now I'm an electro pop diva. And it's like, no. (laughs) I've recreated myself because I had to find somebody else to. (laughs) Exactly. Like I needed, I needed someone else to be guiding me because that wasn't working. But that is the opposite story here. It's Mm -hmm. really the two of them together decided like, yeah, decided this is not working. Mm -hmm. And I like, I I think it's fascinating to have the album. This is Yana Lee. And then immediately after she's like, who am I? Well, she did. There was, what was the name of the um, label that she was under? It was a different label. Uh, Um, Razzy something. Yeah. 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 And I think with that, movement away from that label then I don't know if they had more freedom to explore I mean well she made her own label so yeah right exactly exactly. which is amazing and like it's pretty much all of I am am I who am I is basically self-finance from what I understand which is incredible I mean that's why like I mean, we'll we'll talk about this later too. But like the tour that we both saw her on the first time was crowdfunded on Kickstarter. Yes. She had to crowdfund to like make the last couple videos for Blue, and I right. think that's part of why like the tour was such a big moment for her, mm-hmm. um, and why we got another album so quickly. She was like, she finally oh figured gosh. out yes. how to at least make enough money from this to keep producing music, because mm-hmm. like the quote-unquote concert films that we'd gotten before then were just, like, in a warehouse or in a forest, and, like, she hadn't really toured yet. Um, Right, yeah. Yeah. And the thing I will say is that she also is someone who I feel like, especially with everyone afraid to be forgotten, there's a movie for it, but it's not a straight-up visual album. And I feel like, much like the chartographer, she realized that the format that she was working with was basically unsustainable after basically three seasons. And so she... uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so... She moved in a new direction. But I guess I, it's a long way of trying to say, personally, I'm going to go ahead and put 10 Pieces Timbers at number 7, immediately okay. followed by This Is Yona Lee at I, 6. I, I think you have uh, shifted my point of view. Cool. I agree with you. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, the thing is that, like, at the end of the day, one or two songs off of 10 Pieces Tambourine, so there's, like, right. four off of uh, This Is yeah. Yona Lee I yeah. would still listen to. Mm-hmm. All right, so there we go. We logged in seven and six. Uh, now, Taryn, oh, we're down no. to number five. If you don't have one, I have one. But I'll leave it to you. I... Of the albums we have left. Of the albums we have left... This is, it's between two for me, but... I think... In your heart of hearts. In my heart of hearts, it's Remember the Future. Um, Mm. Which is a solid album. It has... See, the thing for Remember the Future with me is I feel like the heights it reaches are on par with the other five... The Mm. five albums Mm -hmm. that we have left. Like, I really love Open Sea. It sort of is like a spiritual successor to Blue Blue Uh with like an extra excessive like breakdown in the middle. Somebody is absolutely like could be in my top five Yana songs depending on the day. Um, and then I don't know. I feel like a lot of this album is just like good. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I keep is is I keep. Good. I really dig. I really yeah, like the last minute of it. I feel like it finally like it. It takes a little too long to become a jam for how long the song is. Like, I feel like if the height it reached... Because it, it basically just continues to crescendo for its entire, like, three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it then took 
the final level it reached and like did that four more times then I would like it more do you know what I mean yeah the thing that I I do like though that she just kind of cuts herself off sometimes in that way Mm -hmm. and that leaves you as a listener kind of wanting more sometimes it's it feels horrible but also kind of wonderful at the same time where you're like no no keep going I wanted to like live in that moment and then they don't let you and that creates something else and me as a listener, anyway, that mm-hmm. I can, I have to step back and appreciate a little bit as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and the thing is, at the end of the day, I'm going to agree with really? Taryn on this one Ooh. here. Just because, for me, it's a hard thing. And I felt so bad because when I did the backstage interview with her before that second mm-hmm. Chicago date in 2019, like, we were talking about Remember the Future. And, like, it's one yeah. of the things, I remember just being so excited to have new Yana music mm-hmm. so soon. So and fast. Open Sea yeah. and Somebody were fucking great. Remember the Future? It's really kind of like a John Hughesy synth poppy. It reminds me of like mm-hmm. M eighty three kind of like it's a groovy oh, it's little thing. Oh, it's full Abba. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes, oh, Remember oh, the Abba. Future sounds like Abba Gold Greatest oh, Hits, like nineteen seventy to seventy nine. Which is like, bad. It's not bad. It's not. No, I mean I love that There's song too. Yeah. Um, I just feel like more than any of the other like late era Yana albums, it has. Later. Like ballads that don't really oh, click, matters. click with me. Matters. Like you bring in Zola Jesus, who is a dynamic yes. and incredible vocalist. She's Speaking of M eighty three connections, yeah. yeah. And I just that song just puts me to sleep. It is See? they're at the same tone and level mm-hmm. the whole time. Like it's just kind of you know the first time I heard that song, I felt similarly. But this time around, literally today, I went back and I I listened to it and. I don't know what it was, but I actually ended up ranking this one higher because I don't know. I don't know if I was just soaking in the idea of, you know, she'd just come off of tour. She was clearly riding on that energy. I think of of being able to see the people, you know, there's one thing to have a bunch of likes on and a bunch of listens, you Mm -hmm. know, on Spotify. It's a whole other thing to come out and see the people there and feel the energy just flowing off of the audience like that. I think in this album it was cl- it was clearly what was a driving force for her. I think there's definitely some elements of um, everyone afraid to be forgotten in there. Like some mm-hmm. of the songs sound like maybe they didn't make it on that album and she put it on. Um, the like wipe it future. off as maybe too happy, so she kind of prolonged it a little right. bit or something. Yeah, yeah. something. I, but um, I still <laughs> I, I ranked it a little bit higher actually, just because I don't know. I I need to let it ruminate a little bit more I think I need to sit with the album and listen yeah. to it for a bit longer in the same way I mean I've been listening to Kin and Bounty like, like religiously like yeah, yeah, yeah. every day well <laughs> so, in that case I'm more than happy to have a deeper discussion on this but I'm curious yeah. what would you nominate for a number five slot I mean this is this is hard for me but I think I would maybe put blue there for me because it was too happy for me. <laughs> Clearly, I'm just a, a dark soul. <laughs> you appreciate the darkness. Yeah. That is but fascinating. I don't know. Either either blue or yeah, I don't, maybe one of the two. Oh. Uh, it for me. Mm. So by ranking, I would put uh, "Remember the Future" as uh, where, what number well, are we? We don't have now? to go that far ahead. Four. But, you know, yeah. But oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so it's two, like yes. two switch. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm just uh, okay. Yeah. I like blue, but I like some songs off of blue. Like I, I really like the the audio audio visual mm-hmm. um, storytelling that she has going on. There's really beautiful um, shots that she has, but 
not every single like uh, tap your glass actually didn't I didn't care for it like some of the songs just didn't work for me is that one of your favorites yeah <laughs> really yeah tap your glasses and I know and I know like I see the play totals I know that it's tap your glasses definitely like in the mm-hmm. lower half of popularity mm-hmm. on this record but for some reason tap your glass has just like always like mm. from the first time we finally got to listen to this album all the way through I was like yep tap your glass is still my favorite really um yeah, I just like there's something about the the build to the chorus like da, da, mm. da, 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 da. and I just I I feel like it just like really takes you on a journey like I I feel like um when the synths drop out for like the spoken word tap your glass part Mm -hmm. like I feel like I've been plunged into water and like I don't know I just like I really connect with that that, one kind of visceral experience you get from that song yeah like it really it really takes me on like an experience Mm -hmm. and I feel like I in general do gravitate towards happier happier, music yeah um and so, like, Blue, for me, was sort of, like, I had listened to Kin and Bounty, but when Blue came out was when I really, like, became obsessed with really? her more. Um, and then, like, went back and, like, really listened to the other two a lot, too. Um, I love that we don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the chartographers, guys. That's, yeah. that's what makes it so fun. But, Absolutely. Like, I just wasn't expecting to talk about Blue so soon. Yeah, Genuinely. Sorry, well, no, <laughs> sorry about it. Oh. Jill came in here with guns blazing. Well, Which is funny because yeah. like, I loved it enough to submit, you know. Yeah. For, and I, I loved the, even the online, uh, what they were doing on their website. Oh, at that, that like point social time. media. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so cool. I loved discovering the songs that way, like, kind of by following a little map or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And um, I mean, I love Dive. I love, uh, I really like Chasing Kites, actually. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I really, I thought that was really lovely. And I mean, I, I so was happy for her that she sounds happy or mm. in a different place in this one, obviously, than the, the first, the two that came before. Yeah. So. I feel like the other thing, too, is that partially because it's so joyful that now having seen her in concert mm-hmm. twice... I just get so excited and you can hear the crowd just like Mm. screaming Mm -hmm. along to like when, when the first like chords of fountain start while you're seeing her live, like everyone loses their mind. Okay. So maybe like, like eight songs out of the 10. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Literally thin is probably my only weak song off of blue. And I mean that truly. That one would probably, I would put that a little bit above tap your glass for me, but I know what you mean, but Mm. I do kind of like the slowness of, I don't know. I like what she's, saying yeah. there too it mm-hmm. sounds more like a conversation a bit where i think with the the listeners it starts to kind of bring them in a little bit more or to say you know to open the door a bit yeah. wider and so that we could maybe step through into that world mm. in terms of actual interaction direct interaction with her listeners yeah. rather than watching you know bounty and kin a little bit from the outside wondering what this Ooh, mystery yeah yeah so and and blue seemed to open it a bit more and it was a lot about oceans and i mean yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean she was fully like i just wanted to make a nature film yes with yes. my next album and it's like 
great. It was gorgeous. Knocked yeah. it out of the park. Watching all like all yeah. of the the costumes and all of the like. I like the introduction of the the dancers and yes. Ripple. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 Really like Ripple a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good song. The thing for me is that like of all the albums that we're talking about, when you're talking about I Am Iona era. Mm. Can bounty clear, concise, considered yes. concepts? Blue, although it doesn't have as much of a story, is still a very clear concept. Totally. I want to do pop songs now. Yeah, great, do it. I am a hundred percent behind you. Everyone afraid to be forgotten. Longer, messier, mm. uh, darker, more emotional, yes. angry. Yeah, so clearly, these like are all one. still like. I mean, it's still very visceral. But and that's for me part of the reason why I'm still gonna push for Remember the Future at number five because mm. as much as I enjoy it and I love her and obviously Yona, if you're listening, we love you. That should be obvious, even though we're talking about clearly, the albums here. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, Remember the Future just is the. I don't know what it's trying to say. Like it mm. still kind of speaks about like you know it a little bit of optimism after these trying it anxious times. It does seem optimistic. Yeah, Definitely. exactly. But yes. Blue feels even more optimistic it than does, that. It does, which you is know? probably why it doesn't fall in my favorite. Yeah, right, right, right. Because I'm like, oh, you're so optimistic, Yana. Yeah. <laughs> Can you stop being so happy? <laughs> right. This isn't Yana, That's come terrible. on. So, uh, but like, honestly, person. at the end of the day, like, her Mysteries of Love, they cover from uh, Blue Velvet, like, does nothing for me, even with mm-hmm. a production assist from uh, our good friends over in Royksop. I mean, I know that, oh, yeah. like, lo- logically, my brain knows that Royksop did that production, but, like, literally anyone could have, yeah. you know what I mean? Sure. That's, like, that's sort of why I feel like, that, and, and sorry, I shouldn't say that this album sounds like literally anyone could make it, that's not what I mean at all, but I do feel like there are a few more moments on Remember the Future, and maybe it's because it doesn't have that distinct, like, she, I mean, she talked about in the making of this album how it was just like, I was so, like, excited and fulfilled yeah. from the tour that mm-hmm. I just, like, I sat you down to write a song and then songs just kept happening. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it was a very free process as opposed to, like, mm-hmm. laboring over it for three years. Yeah. Which I love. I absolutely love that she got to do that. Mm-hmm. And I love a lot of the songs on here, but it just doesn't have the same impact. I like that she really, for me, she takes time with some of the songs and creates a soundscape more than, obviously her vocals are incredible, but it's, I I do like to hear it when a musician takes time to let the music just sweep you on for a little Mm -hmm. bit as well. And I think she does that a lot more with this album um, than in, you know, Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten. Well, listen, uh, we are uh, 30 minutes into the podcast okay. right now, and we ranked two albums, so... But we're about to rank more. We're doing great. <laughs> right. We've talked about four. Yeah. We're doing fine. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're at the point, I think, are we outvoting? I think we might just have to outvote. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Jill says it's okay. I'll, I'll it's okay. take it. Yeah. Oh, yeah this fine. one hit. She'll remember it later. I will. So make I'll, no mistake. She is you. vengeful. <laughs> she is that wandering woman. So there we go. Uh <laughs> <laughs> at the very least, at number five, remember the future. Uh, so we have that number seven, ten pieces. Number six, this is Yona Lee. Number five, remember the future, which leaves Kin Bounty Blue and Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten. So, uh, like <laughs> the worst, afraid to be forgotten. the worst game show ever. <laughs> Who's afraid to lose your legacy? So, uh... <laughs> oh my god, that's so real. Yeah. <laughs> So that being said, uh, are you still sticking with Blue at number four at the very least then? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that that is or is not going to happen. I just want to hear Taryn. I'm going to get again, aren't I? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I the thing is, you're making me reconsider a lot of things. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think 
you're going to be outvoted because I think what I'm about to say is very controversial. Oh, um, no. because oh. everyone listen close. My pick for up next would be Bounty. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jill just about she is in a state of disbelief. I almost kicked over the mic and walked out the door. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I really like it. I just I just I don't know. I I think it's it is it's very much it's in its own world and I do think that it is experienced perfectly as a complete thought as an album yes and i just feel like sometimes i don't need to listen to any of the songs on their own like the the exceptions to me would be like oh i really I love made a note about yeah. oh as well because it it's basically like a giorgio moroder <gasps> yeah disco track especially if you know it starts and it, it it's got the like very breathy, like, 70s. Um, and then it just becomes this, like, extended disco jam with all these burbling, intermingling synths. And then it, as that all fades out, it just ends with the, the like, looping vocal yeah. ooze. And I just think it's, like, this That's perfect... Gorgeous. It's ab- Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. I think that why is like a weirdo pop masterpiece i fucking love why can i say I'm sorry. yeah no, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. you can fucking show your thoughts if you want <laughs> good i that was Maybe. also oh. one that i made note of is like one of my top songs in general was why kind of makes that list I, yeah because it, it's that the breath yeah. And just that little hope. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's oh fuck, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also I appreciate how in the middle of why, even in like the official album version, it just like pulls out yes, and all you hear is like breathing, yes. and like. Oh, oh, and that's immediately after a completely different, a section in a completely different key. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. very like, just gives me like, chills it, thinking yeah, about that yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. I go back and I replay that one over and over and over all yeah. the time. Just stand in, wait for the train. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some good feels. <laughs> well, so what is it about Bounty that speaks so strongly to you, Joe? Mm, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, to me, Bounty was just, both Bounty and Kin, to me, are, I think it speaks to my primitive side. Mm. In terms, it sounds primitive. Some of it, at the beginning, reminds me of, like, I just envision, I sounds funny, but I envision, like, a Petri dish and watching cells, like, split and grow. And then you yeah. see the little, like, creature coming out of the lake and, uh, like, coming out of the mud and growing, you know, lungs and... I don't know. That's where I'm placed with these two. They just sound really like some of them are carnal and organic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it speaks to the animal in me, I guess. Maybe Uh that's what it is that drives my love for both of these. Yeah. Yeah. So is it both of these together or do you view Bounty as an individual work kind of by itself? They're both to me definitely separate, but it's almost like a continuation of the story between the two. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to separate both of them. Right. I've got (laughs) both of them on my little iPod thing and I I just have them play one right after the other and it makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Little pod. (laughs) Play me all the songs for me. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so really parody. Sorry, Yona, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, well, this I'm is, not. I know. Well, this is fascinating because going into this, we're, I mean, we're in the midst of it, so I'm just going to throw some stuff out here right now. Um, initially, my thought was to agree with Taryn because that's kind of how I felt too. Really? And because Bounty is... I'm also really surprised by that. But sorry, really? keep going. Yeah, I didn't think you would put Bounty next. Yeah, no, well, the biggest thing is that I think it all ties around the fact that I, over this week, I mean, I feel like us Yona fans all together, we've basically had Kin and Bounty in With locked in our ever. souls. Exactly. Yes. You know, some might be coming on to blue, some may not know about the earlier folk works, etc. But the biggest thing for me is that I was there when it came out, you know, and I've interviewed her a bunch of times, and she's been fantastic and wonderful and great. But the biggest thing for me for this week was how my opinion changed about everyone afraid to be forgotten. Hmm. Like, for me, the thing is that, like, I always felt like Bounty was more of a lead-up to uh, what Kin ultimately was, to a degree, even though, you know, the album technically came out afterwards. Because, like, the little of you one is, like... Okay, you know, like it's good for the visual of the guy holding the puppet, uh, yeah. but then uh, then you get into the hardcore. Burr, burr, oh, God, you know, so, in like, U two, you know, exactly. U two, yeah. U two to me sounds like it should be like on a gorilla B size <laughs> compilation, yeah. or like yeah. on like the Daft Punk album we never got. Yes, or, like, I, it makes me. There's some that make me think of like Justice or something. Yeah, like, very much. That yeah, that like especially yeah. that like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's about the sound I was about to make. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> and and so like for me like there was moments like a B as a ballad like it was such a great introduction to her and I still have that visual stuck in my mind. Am I gonna bounce B very often? Not really. You know, like there was there was more takeaway moments for me on Bounty. And the thing is, keep in mind, everyone afraid to be forgotten, which she made in a state of panic. Almost, where she yes. was diagnosed with a, a thyroid disorder, which she mm-hmm. thought was going to take her voice away. Right, yeah. So she was like, okay, well, if I can't sing anymore, which is my outlet, right. I have to do fucking something. So she kind of put yeah. this album together, and that's why it's anger, and it's pointed, and mm-hmm. it's political. Uh, yeah. You know, like, it's... Oh, yeah, let's get into you know, that. exactly. And so the biggest thing for me is that it was always an angrier album. And the thing is that, like, for me, that kind of, like, washed over me to a degree. Like, I heard all of it. There's mm-hmm. moments I liked on it. It's a Yona album. How can there not be moments you like on it? But for I mean, when I initially heard it, I just kind of like viewed it as almost like one consistent piece of work, this angrier thing. Mm. And this week, really during research week, I got to really find the moments of just joy yes. and power and just her the love of her like sometimes basic but always memorable sense of melody. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You know, like and that's like for me, I have liked joy, but this week joy opened up to me in a Completely. way that yes. I hadn't had before. That know? one yeah. I remember listening to it for the first time and I was so floored because I was at work actually and then I saw all of a sudden, oh here's these songs being released and I was just like oh my god okay I'm stopping working (laughs) and I just like just you know turned up the volume sat there and listened and the joy was just like it I almost like it made me kind of want to cry listening to it I don't know why but just because it was so joyful it was like joyful tears not Uh well you know to me I mean to me the part of the reason I like joy is because it is foreboding it is, I mean, uh, to use that word sinister again, like, the the sonics of this, it's very minor key. Yeah. It's very, like, even when she sings of joy, it's, like, tons of harmonies, like, huge, like, choral sound. And I, and it goes back to, like, that same sort of 
animalistic Primitive. like mm-hmm. yeah. that That's probably why I it, like it. It yeah. really just hits right in yeah. that like like there's danger in this song and yes. I think that's part of why because it's the it's it's about joy but it isn't at all. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, especially part paired with like all of the other songs as well. I think have putting that where they where she did like what I don't I mean, know it, where it falls exactly. It's but second. Yeah. There's watches, watches, and then it's Watch. joy. Yeah. Like, and then and then you dive into like some of the work hard stuff. Yeah. You've got work to do. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is that like when you talk about uh, temple, when you talk about like you know her stance towards religion and how these yes. bitches make me ill. Yeah. Uh, you know, like when you talk about uh, Samaritan, like these are like more pointed. These are you know strong statements. Mm-hmm. The thing for me is that the biggest thing we're talking about blue for me as a pop album. It's hard for me to find like a song like Thin maybe, but the rest of it all speak to me. Mm-hmm. It's a consistent album. Bounty is much more stronger as a visual than it is musically for mm-hmm. me, but I still enjoy it. There's still amazing takeaways. It's the formation of what we know as Yona. And Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten, it is powerful and it is messy. And I mean that. 15 tracks. The one thing I like yes, about Remember 15. the Future, she cut it down. She cut that shit down, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten, like honestly, Dunes of Sand is the bo- most boring fucking song. But have you listened to the live version in, uh, is it the Falstead? Or, yeah, the, yeah, the church. Um, I feel like I, that's what she initially put out. I mean, I can't yeah, remember. I haven't I listened to so. it in a while. Okay. The, because it came with a, a film, like yeah. a video mm. paired with it. But um, obviously there's the non-live version. <laughs> and that's, to me, I love it. I think it's beautiful, but the Dunes of Sand I is another one that I, I listened to. I listen to over and over and over. Okay. I don't know why, but I mean, her voice is you. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I, I think you can tell that she is celebrating and her her voice, what's left of it. You know, like if she's sitting there thinking, "Oh God, yeah. it, this can go away at any moment," struggling with that, mm-hmm. um, that puts another layer on it for me. But not not just yeah. that. It's she's ruminating in the, in the sounds and letting her her voice just float out. I, love the live version so much. And then you also have uh, Here's the Warning, which is just one ear out the other for me. I don't mm. remember what that song is. Genu- I mean, I know it, but it bores me. Terrence. Well, so, I mean, I have a lot to say about this album because I think it is a little too long at 15 tracks, but also I think that every song still has its own very distinct identity. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the, the highlights, like, work in tandem. Like, I think Work and Temple and Gone fit like similar song archetypes, but they still manage to do their own very distinct thing mm-hmm. with it. I, one of the most, this is the only album that has like a song I'm actively frustrated by, oh. which is Memento. Oh, I yeah. really, Do you remember Memento? It's like- It's the one that starts with It's like, it's like cello sawing. Oh, yes, yes, It's basically just like, her voices in octave mm-hmm. singing this really mm-hmm. eerie melody and then it hits like the most like pop chorus that ever popped and and it just and like the full like four to the floor kick drum hits in I feel the like I don't in. think it's in a different key but it feels like it does it's, it's absolutely in a different tem- tempo yeah. Yeah. and I just like to me if you just cut the chorus completely and just did verses it would be like one of my favorite Yana songs. Oh, cool. But instead, it's 
one of my least favorite because I listen to it and every time the chorus starts, I like literally get a little like annoyed. I'm like mad that this song is being messed up, but it's not my song, you know? Like I, of course we're here. We clearly respect her artistry a ton, but it's just like, Oh, I wouldn't have made that choice at all. Yeah, completely. And I, so I think that's why I know I said bounty, because I didn't want to put everyone afraid to be forgotten right. here. Because, because it's so important. And I, yeah. yeah. No, it is important. I, I feel that it really is for all of the things that it's doing. Clearly what it, it means to, to her, her yeah. as an artist and politically what it's saying. I mean, mm-hmm. as a woman listening to this album, I got it. Like it, oh, yeah. it some of the I'm pop sure. stuff didn't work for me in some Fair. of the songs, but... Listening and then watching, watching the dance that she puts with yeah. it. I'm just like, fuck. That's that's like, she, yeah, she's angry. I'm angry. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and that's like, why. Fuck. I mean, Samaritan is you one of my favorite songs from her too. And I mm-hmm. think part of it is is because like, yes, it's it's very like active and dancey, but it's also angry. And also, yeah. I feel like the lyrics are so much in the forefront. Like, obviously, they were more in the forefront on Blue I than they were agree. in Canon yeah. Bounty. But on Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten, you're getting every word. And yes, those because are. those yeah. words have something very specific to say Absolutely. for, I think, the first time. Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't want to put it, like, right here in the middle of our yeah. list. But also, it's just too long. It has, it has, unfortunately, a couple songs that are dead weight. And so it's sort of pulling down the amazing... Like, if this, song, if this album was 11 tracks long... Mm-hmm. I, it, it could be yeah. my number one, I, depending on the day. I know, you know? which is surprising because I didn't have as strong an affinity towards it as I do this week mm-hmm. after listening to it. Mm-hmm. It was really, really insightful for me. So I guess what it's trying to say is that it kind of puts us at a standstill. Because yeah, Jill still wants to throw blue at number four if I were to take a guess, yeah, even though Tara and I feel like it's a pop masterpiece for the most it's, part. It's, yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's it's a great album like as a whole. It's, it is great. There's some things that... I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just in the the pop element that uh-huh. I that doesn't drag me in as much as some of the other songs. And I, I do like that um, everything you know, every, everyone afraid to be forgotten is. So I think it's so long because it was sort of a you know all all of these songs meant so much to her. I yeah. assume, especially as an artist, you're sitting there looking in and feeling like everybody wants to create their own little statues and monuments to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And this was. I think what she may have felt at the moment, like her her one statue, her last thing that she could maybe leave if mm-hmm. if, if it didn't go well. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, there there's a lot of different elements to me for like, this. It's album. a smorgasbord. It has it, a lot it, of emotions, is, and therefore yeah. it doesn't always have the clarity that sure. the I Am albums do. Yeah. Because no, even even though Blue is poppy and optimistic, right. It is clear it, what it wants it, to try it, and do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say like maybe she had fifteen songs for Blue and then cut them back and found the ones that worked perfectly together yeah. and created this whole. Well, Islander off of Remember the Future was mm. intended for Blue. Oh, tr- oh right. Yeah. yeah. I forget that she did pull some and save and them like for save later. it for later. Yeah. Exactly. Which, yeah. like, makes sense, but she sure. wanted to be much more uh, consistent on that one yes. here. So, right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, in that case, the real question is how do we resolve this immortal yeah. impasse yeah. of what we want to do? Because one of those things where, like, initially, while, like, I do want to say bouncy, I also don't want to take away Jill Myers, oh my you know, God, most powerful element. There. Exactly. How, <laughs> okay, let's, you know, I think that we can find some sort of 
glorious compromise in here, yes. Taryn. Do you have a thought? I mean, I... You all have to give something up. You know that I want Bounty to be, like, way up there, which I... But, you know, that's not how voting works. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally just like at an impasse because for me, I, it's, it, for me, it's definitely between Bounty and Everyone Afraid next. Uh huh. But then that would put Blue at number two. Yeah. And although that's like closer to my personal ranking, this isn't the outranked Jill Meyer show. You know, like the thing is, we have <laughs> like, a guest on here. Okay. Okay. So like, here's what here's what I would recommend. I, it's one of the uh, things where obviously you have a deep connection to Bounty that's extremely mm-hmm. strong, and I want to respect it. And the thing is that you know we're speaking about our own opinions here, yes, definitely as Optimus as well. So Blue speaks to us. So here is my compromise idea <laughs> that I have. Together as a group, as a family. Uh, <laughs> number four, everyone to be afraid to be forgotten. Okay. okay. Number three, blue. Okay. Number two, bounty. Yes. I know personally, Taryn and I would not necessarily put bounty up that high, but that, yeah. that's the exact order that I would put it. I think what you just said. Is oh. What I would feel. I mean, oh. I mean, if we're going to compromise, okay. That's okay. What, that's that's about exactly the same. Well, do. in that case, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I would. Yeah. Okay, fine. All right, listen. We are. I mean, the thing is, we are friendly, wonderful people. And again, this is an arbitrary ranking for a thing you know that we're doing. But at the same time, I mean, listen. I cannot state how much I love Blue. It is an utterly fantastic album. I just feel it like there's beautiful. so much I didn't even talk about on Blue. What like, else do you want to talk about on Blue? No, no, no. I mean, yeah, we, we can move on. No, yeah. But I just, like, like, it's, I mean, the truth of the matter is that just, like, every song is so good. And so we didn't talk about, like, not the number one highlights. Vista. But, like, Vista yeah. is amazing. Like, Blue Blue, again, blue, blue. to me, to me, I still don't understand why Blue Blue wasn't like number one in Spain. Yeah. Like do you yeah. know you know it just has that like Mediterranean I just remember yeah. like you, I wanna be like on a boat in the sunshine listening to I mean, really, this whole album, but that song yeah, especially. Yeah. I just remember she put out some sort of preview thing on there, and then like they were playing a little bit, and I'm like, what is this? And then immediately the synths go on this, uh, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, and then it cuts off. I'm like, I need to know what the rest yeah. of that song is. Yeah. I remember that preview so distinctly, and like, I was so happy I got it. It's just, it really made me this week appreciate even Ripple, which isn't even like my favorite song. I like Ripple. It's so fun. Yeah. So like kind of like you know drum beat fun, a little kind of yeah. dancey fun. Like and the thing is, the sense of her having fun is great. I yes, I do enjoy that. Yeah. I can't shit on that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but so that being said, though, we have one slot left. Why is Kin so fucking good, Jill Meyer? God damn, it's just so good. It's so. I want to start out with something that Taryn and I were talking about when yes. we, while you watched the visual. I'm just going to fully flat out say I agree with them on this point that Sever, the opening song, mm. isn't my favorite Yona song by a mile, but as an album tone setter, mm-hmm. I think it's perfect. It's great. Absolutely. I think yeah. it's a, because there's so much like energy and darkness on this album, and Sever, like, sort of slowly dips you into it like there's still like the burbling energy Mm -hmm. but it's it's a little more down tempo and then even like drops it's like slowly amping up the good worker like amps up a little more than that and then it's just like yeah yeah. and then finally yeah yeah, exactly exactly (laughs) um and i i feel like it's this like perfect like 
full 12 minute crescendo until suddenly play is happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like absolutely. It's just uh, that's the thing with Kin and Bounty for me is that they are whole. It, it, the first time I heard some of the songs, it, it took me a, a while to like them. It's mm-hmm. true. I like you can't just instantly. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna. Boy, that's catchy. Yeah, look at that one. Which you can right. do with Blue because it is it's poppy. And yeah, it, it, you can put it, you can put it on the song at any point. Absolutely, and and it areas. doesn't matter yeah. which one. Right, in in which order. Um, always. In due order. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But with Ken, I just love that you have to chew on it and and just live through the whole thing. It's messy. It's dark. Grow it's with it. oh, There's beauty to it, though. Absolutely, that's yes. well, exactly what it is. And I love that she uses like I, I mean, frankly, textures that are a little bit yeah. ugly. Oh, that's that's. And, but she is yeah. still. It's still like in this like major key, and mm-hmm. you can tell by the way that you can't hear a single consonant she's saying that like it's all so very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you yes. There are lyrics on Kin, but yes. I literally could not tell you what one I, the of them is. The funny thing is, like, I listen to this album all the time, and I cannot, I, I probably couldn't, you know, say yeah. the lyrics. I, just, I'm like, I play, I might be able to, just because yes. there's like, I wanna dance tonight, right. and make up songs for us to sing. <laughs> right. Literally, I mean, yeah. like when we yeah. see her live, I'm yeah. just making sounds. Oh, I'm just making yeah. sounds along, like. <laughs> oh. But like, it's still like play is such like arguably my favorite song of hers. Yes. Arguably one of my favorite songs of the decade. It was my introduction to yeah. her. Because the sound, it's every keyboard pound sounds yeah. like the yeah. keyboard's last breath, like a tiny this. Yes. Right. Bit, like it's melting Bottle. before you. Yeah, I love songs that sound like they're That's melting. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like it has a swagger to it. But it's the just... thing is, and I mean this truly, the, you can tell when a good album is a good album because your favorite song will change like every three yeah. or four months yeah. or so. And really the thing does. is, I love Blue. I do. I love a lot of her discography. But Kin just holds us something special because honestly, yeah. for me, even this most recent cycle is when Rascal spoke out to me. It's a very cool this very you know like you know very deliberate kind of thing for the longest time though after my love of play overwhelmed me the back half of idle talk when it just gets into the i feel like idle talk was one of my biggest discoveries this mm. week because i feel like uh, in my head i have such a specific like shape of what an ayana lee song is and idle talk isn't that like i feel like Idle talk you could throw on like a mix for somebody and yeah. you know yeah. and and um in the same way it's that it's perfect in this album but it just like it has this very nice dreamy very pleasant velvety warm yeah, yeah it is it's warm it's earthy this mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. album to me is very earthy and that's why it it just connects so much i think yeah, and then I mean, there's uh, in due order, which is oh. Taryn. When we watched it this week, he's like, "I don't remember this visual," which was the Yeti uppers routine. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> of her with the hair bra, yes, of them doing, doing YMCA behind her. You know, like this whole thing that's it's going like, on. I yeah. definitely, I don't know. When we went to the bathroom, I also love though that like so ostensibly Bounty into Kin is like one continuous like mm-hmm. storyline 
And then the video for goods is just like an add-on clown right. party. Yeah. yeah, you know, oh, God. Like, absolutely. <laughs> it makes me want to throw my own party and just like right. like a really weird. Party. Yeah, yes, yeah. Like <laughs> this speaks to the weird in me so much, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I was just so just pulled in and gravitated to her as an artist immediately. I was just like, this is the kind of stuff I would want to make if I was driven enough to like, yeah. make something, yeah. you know? Yeah. If I actually had the means to create something. And even though I don't love uh, Drops as you know as much as some of the other songs on mm-hmm. here, and trust me, I'm definitely in the mood for Kill sometimes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. It is a striking number. Mm-hmm. It is still a thoroughly consistent album. While Blue is some of my favorite pop songs gathered together in one place, and Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten is messy in an angry and beautiful way, Kin is just like artistically yeah. her zenith. It's I feel just like avant garde, <laughs> yeah. everything, and the the audiovisual combination that did it for me because I don't you didn't get a lot of storyteller musicians in in terms of albums. You yeah, know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I like well, don't listen to enough. Different Bounty albums. was yeah, her Beyonce and Candice yeah. her Lemonade. There you, you know, go. Basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know what, guys? Uh, we are coming up at an hour right here. I think uh, we've done an extraordinary job. And let's just go through that ranking one more time, fellas. At number seven, it is Ten Pieces, Ten Bruises. At number six, it is This Is Yona Lee. At number five, it is Remember the Future. At number four, it is Everyone Afraid to Be Forgotten. At number three is Blue. Number two is Bounty. And as you know, our number one is Concert in Blue. How could it not be? So good. <laughs> Jill Meyer featuring. Incredible stuff. No, made, the, made it. <laughs> the number one is Ken and this has been fantastic I've loved this but we still have more to do we have a happy remaining so after this we have to tell you about in concert her, her a little live thing that she did which is utterly insane uh, we have to tell you about that we have to go through seeing her live and meeting her and all our different interactions with her uh, the people that are making dance uh, tribute videos to her which involve them walking down the streets just like dancing the heck out of work uh, it's just incredible <laughs> stuff uh, so while well, before we do that we we'll record that I just want to say Jill Meyer thank you so much for thank being you. here I I've really loved it yeah <laughs> exactly in due order we will have you back you brought us so much joy uh, you're a delight to work with. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have it out in the rain. You're outside. all that matters. Yeah. Silence your drum. <laughs> Wipe it off. All right, guys, listen. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, find us on the YouTube and the uh, Spotify and all the other places. Like us, subscribe. If you want to send us a comment or if you're Yona Lee, email us at uh, thechartographers at gmail.com. We'll be there. In the meantime, uh, keep on listening because you know that we'll be. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. So then I'm speaking. Yeah, that looks good. Jill, you want to say something? Yes, hello. <laughs> 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 All right. Yes.